Hi, I'm Sandra. And I'm Holly, her daughter. And you're listening to a brand new episode of our podcast, Living a Hell Yes. Hell yes. Hello, mum. You okay? Have you finished chomping on your nuts? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure that that was the ideal thing to say, but yes, thank you. Um, About to start recording a podcast. Mum's got a bowl of what? Cashews? What what are they? Oh no, walnuts. We are on Zoom, by the way. I don't... We are... We are... Sorry, for anybody that's looking at anti-inflammatories, walnuts, excellent for anti-inflammatories. So, um, Can I just say, we are on Zoom, so that's why I questioned what the nuts were. It wasn't that I wasn't able to identify oh, them, yeah. um, just in case anyone's wondering. Uh, <laughs> you okay? Yes, I'm very well, thank you, my darling. Yes, and are you? Yes, all good. Better for seeing you, Margie. Well, so I'm, today- looking forward, I'm looking forward to seeing you later physically in the physical flesh. So I'm looking forward to that. God, in the physical flesh. Yeah, wow. <laughs> lovely, lovely way of putting it. Um, right, let's get cracking enough. Yeah. Enough chatting. So today I'm actually really excited for this one. Um, not that I'm usually not excited, but I think this is a, we basically had a suggestion from a lovely, lovely listener um, who's always kind of giving us great feedback, great suggestions, and and even gave me a wonderful feedback email last week about my newsletter, which I just massively appreciated. So yeah, this listener is is really, really lovely and fab. And she had the suggestion of talking about catastrophizing, because I think I mentioned it briefly in a previous episode, um, that I have the the tendency to do that. Definitely more when I was younger, I would say, but even now it's something that I can um go to and yeah so I thought we could talk about kind of catastrophizing my experience of it I don't know if you've ever done it mum but be good to talk to you about it you know your experience of observing me do it because I think you've definitely seen that as well and just tools I guess to try and overcome it because it's it's not a nice feeling it's not a nice um you know state to be in and so I think anything that we can do to kind of offer guidance I guess in some way shape or form about overcoming catastrophizing I think would be really useful so that's the the kind of talking point of today yeah I mean I think it is great and and I also want to add my thanks to the listener we know who she is and we thank you very much and we do appreciate you truly and anybody that gives us ideas or reviews or ratings. Thank you so much because it really makes a difference to getting these um, episodes out there and helping as many people as we can. That was always mine and Holly's intention. Catastrophizing. Um, yeah, I mean, it, I'm going to let you lead on this. I'm, I'm going to help, Holt, but I'm going to, I want you to lead on this because you have more experience of catastrophizing. And yes, I have had experience of watching you catastrophize and what that does mean and and how that is so interesting as an observer when you're not in it, you know, when you're in it and you're catastrophizing, you're in it, aren't you? As an observer, when you look at somebody catastrophizing, it's, um, it's almost like there is no rationale. The rationale has gone. Um, and so, you know, I want you to speak if you don't mind about your experience and then, yeah, of course I'm, I'm going to help with that as we go through the episode to um, give tools and um, awareness and understanding maybe of what we can do. But but the crucial thing is before we even get to that point, yeah, that's really kind of where where the magic or the work happens. It's kind of like you've got to put the brake on before you get into that place because once you're in it, you're in it. Um, so the tools very much will, will hopefully help you to not get to that point in the first place. 
Yeah, totally. So for anyone that doesn't actually, you know, you can guess what catastrophizing is by, um, you know, the, the word, um, but essentially it is, you know, I think it's the way that I would define it. And obviously I'm sure Google will have a lot more um, input on this, but it's essentially um, going to the worst possible scenario in your head um, and worrying excessively about it. Um, so you can feel incredibly anxious, scared, frightened, um, worried, fearful. Um, and it's essentially kind of like what mum said. Yeah, the rationale goes out the window. So it's not what it, what comes to mind for me isn't the realistic things that could go wrong or could happen, but actually the unrealistic things. That's where your mind jumps to. And so your mind is continuously jumping to a worst case scenario. And that could be in a range of things. And I'll talk about what mine usually is. But, you know, it could be at work. It could be your relationship. It could be your, you know, family members. It could be related to health. Um, related to what's going on in the world. Obviously, there's so much negative stuff in the news and so much negative stuff happening across the world that can lead people to catastrophize. It's essentially, yeah, I think going to the worst possible place and your mind just spins and spins and spins and it feels like you can't get off the treadmill of worry and anxiety. Do you think, Mum, that that's accurate before I move on? Do you think there's anything that you would um, add to that? No, I would. I would say that that is it. Yeah. I mean, as you've been saying that whole, I've just been uh, noting down actually t some tools to help with that so that we can help you and, and help um, the listeners who do do that, you know, to um, maybe ease off on that. Because even just hearing that, you know, you just realize, don't you, it's just so stress inducing. And I would imagine anxiety inducing and, um, you know, that's to say that's not a great way to be experiencing life is a bit of an understatement. But when you're in it, you're in it. And it's how can we how can we help with that? Yeah. But I think that's a, a great definition. As you say, Google may well have different definitions. And also remember, we are unique. So anybody may have a slightly different um, take on it, but it's that, that give absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah. So basically for me, I think when I catastrophize the most, it's definitely relating to health. Um, and I think I did this a lot when I was younger. Um, and so, you know, for anyone that doesn't know, my dad died when I was 15. And I think even before then, um, because my dad suffered with mental illness, there was always a underlying fear that something would go wrong. Um, and I didn't necessarily know what it was. I couldn't like vocalize, you know, the fear necessarily. Um, but it was this kind of underlying just worry, you know, um, there wasn't anything that I could it wasn't like there was a specific thing that happened in the past and I was worried it was going to happen again. It was kind of just more of a general fear. But what it meant was, was that I think how that manifested for me personally, I was very fearful, especially once dad died of losing mum, of losing you. So um, what that then looked like, and I've seen it in other kids, like family, friends and stuff that I see, and I'm just gutted for them because it is a really horrible um, place to be in and it will manifest differently for different people but this was mine so health related and usually always mum so if mum was out for example with her friends or if she was out and she was uh, late getting back from work for whatever reason you know rational mind would be like 
absolutely fine. Cool. That's great. She's fine. She'll be home soon. Whatever. My mind would jump to worst case scenario. She's dead. She's hurt. She's lost. Something's gone massively wrong. Um, and, and that's where I would go and I would ruminate on that. Um, you know, and so it was, a. You know, you just you can't focus on anything else. You also feel irrational. So you don't want to talk to anyone about it. So it's not like one of those things where, you know, if you're fearful of something happening, but you feel like you're being rational, you call your friend and you say, look, I've got this fear. I know it's rational and I want to talk it through with you. You know, you're kind of less worried about being judged or whatever. But when it's an irrational fear or you feel you're being irrational, it's a very, I think catastrophizing is a very lonely place to be because you feel like you can't actually talk to anyone about it because it's like, well, you know, wh where have you got that from? Well, she's always fine. So she'll be fine this time. Or do you know what I mean? That There's no reason for you to worry about that. Nothing's gone wrong before. But for me, it was just that. So it would just be literally, you know, checking my phone loads, pacing the windows, watching outside the window. Um, you know, and just thinking of all the things that could have possibly gone wrong. And then the sense of relief you feel when you know that it hasn't happened is just immense. But what it basically means is like your, um, your adrenaline is just shot because your adrenaline is so high when you're in that fearful catastrophizing state. And then obviously the relief as well is just exhausting. So it's, it's a very like, you know, draining experience. And it could be something as small as someone being 20 minutes, 30 minutes late um, home or, you know, not uh, rocking up where, where they were meant to be on time or whatever. And that's going to happen. That's just a fact of life. Do you know what I mean? And that doesn't mean that someone is, you know, in danger or whatever necessarily. But in, in that state, I think because of what, you know, had happened in my life previously, and that's always obviously relevant. Everyone's got their own life experiences that are going to inform these kind of situations. That for me was the real the real big one. And I still do it now. I still do it, you know, with my loved ones. Um, and it's annoying. It's annoying for the other person. Um, it's not as extreme as in, I feel it's annoying. I wouldn't judge anyone else in this situation, but you know, you always judge yourself worse, I think. Um, but it, it feels annoying because, you know, normally it is that they're absolutely fine. Yeah, I think when you lose someone young and you experience grief at quite a young age, it just kind of has a domino effect on other stuff in your life quite naturally. And so for me, yeah, this is this is the thing for me where I think the the cat catastrophizing materializes definitely. Um thanks for sharing that whole because obviously that's very vulnerable and um yeah, it's an experience as you say that has informed how you respond now. And and a bit later in the episode, not now, but I'd like to ask you, what would what could you do differently if you can? Because I know that you just said that you still do it. Um, <laughs> this is a funny thing, everybody. On Friday, I was um, at a friend's for dinner and getting an Uber back home. So um, Holly knew I was safe. <laughs> but instead of me messaging her and saying night -nah -nah and everything, which is what uh, we normally do, um, I fell asleep listening to Eckhart Tolle. Um, not that he's boring. I just fell asleep. Um, and bless her, the next thing I knew, my phone was ringing, saying, are you okay? Um, so cute. And um, it's, it's so weird, though, because it's so much less extreme now. Good. So, which which Good. is what I would say is it is for anyone listening as well. Like, I think mine has definitely got better with time, for sure. It's almost like the more time that I 
that the things that I catastrophize about don't happen, the better it gets, you know? Um, so my brain almost is able to become more rational as time goes on. So even with that, just because, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I just, obviously, you know, you're my mum, So I, I'm going to worry, unfortunately, about stuff like that. But it was a back of my mind worry. It wasn't yeah, it was a consuming, a... checking my phone, you know, adrenaline high. It, like I was I was so much calmer and yeah. like much more peaceful with it. And yeah. I think that's definitely a real like positive. And I think I can talk about like strategies. And I think now as well, or what I would say is awareness is definitely the first step. So being aware of it helps because it's almost like tricking your brain a bit when your brain you know, takes you to that really irrational and scary place. It's almost like you're saying to your brain, look, I know what you're doing. Like, shut up. Like, I'm aware of what you're doing. So yeah, it might still be happening and my body might still be reacting, but I am aware of it. So I think that's really good. But also I would say is talking to people about it. You know, like you understand why I get like that because I've explained yeah. it and I've taken the mm -hmm. time to explain like the rationale and stuff. Um, and, you know, same thing with, you know, Ellie and I have had conversations about, about catastrophizing and, and she sometimes does it as well. Like, I think this is something that happens to a lot of people. I don't think this is, and I think for, for some people it's at night, you know, 3am, you can't sleep. Yeah. You think about everything that's gone wrong ever and everything that could go wrong and your job could go wrong and your day could go wrong and your relationship could go wrong. And before, you know, it's 7am and you haven't slept. And so I don't think that this is something that's, you know, um, unusual in any way. So if you struggle with this, like, don't, you know, kind of, it's not like, don't worry about it, you know? Um, but I would say that talking to other people, because the people that love you are not going to judge you. Um, and they're going to have their own things that they worry about, uh, or they're anxious about. And so I think actually opening yourself up and being vulnerable with others, like with anything really that we talk about in this podcast, I think it's always a good thing if it's with people you trust. Um, I think that's another thing to do because I think otherwise it, it can feel really lonely and overwhelming. Yeah. I mean, you said quite a lot there, Hull, which I think is really, really useful. Um, one of the things I just want to go back to is one of the very first things you just said within that is, you know, it's got less for you, which is great. It's got less for you as time has gone on, because when I come home, I always come home. Yeah. Um, in other words, you know, I'm safe, you know, I'm fine. Nothing's happened and, and all that. So, so now what's so important about that is, and this is a, this is a strategy, um, but it takes discipline to do this. It's yes, as Holly said, right at the beginning of this episode, it's our old experiences. Those ones that really get to us that inform our reactions now. Yeah. So like, you know, daddy and how you then responded with um, catastrophizing and anxiety for sure. There are previous experiences, but also like Holly's just said, that's eased off for her. Why? Because there have been experiences that have proven to her that she doesn't need to worry in to that extent. So it's also looking at whatever it is you're worrying about or catastrophizing about, look at your experiences now concerning that. So in other words, let's think of another example. Um, I don't know. Um, you're really, really worrying about being in debt, just say, okay. And um, you're catastrophizing about that, you know, like where's the next where's the next income coming from? Where's the next monthly payment coming from? And at the moment with the cost of living going up for a lot of people, that's, that's valid. Every worry is valid because you've got it, but you know what I mean? It's, it's pretty relevant right now. We'll look at previous experiences, you know, where has that money come from before? Because it's likely that you've always found it somehow. In other words, 
there's never been that time when you or, or very rarely has there been that time where you really, really couldn't pay whatever it was you needed to pay. You might not have had money afterwards, but you've managed to pay what you've managed to pay. And it's kind of be aware of those experiences that have that it's been okay, you know, that it has been okay, like me rocking up, you know, after an evening out. It has been okay. It has been okay. And it's about going back to those experiences that have proven to you, actually, no, that went, that did go okay. And you've got to hook into those. Holly was saying about the brain, you know, you've got to remember that you do have the ego and the ego will want to control. And it's just what it is. It's there to keep you safe and it is there to want to control, but it will only control through fear. Has to. It's the only way it works. It is the only way it works and it will fight for that. So it will fight for sure at 3am in the morning to tell you all of this that's going wrong or will go wrong or has gone wrong. What I'd really love you to do is start asking yourself in those times or or actually not for 3am, try and practice it now. Well, what's gone right? What's gone right? What has gone right? What could go right? What if, you know, what if instead of God, what if that happened? What about instead, God, what if actually, what if that was to happen? I think, yeah, can I interject there? I think that that's a good point. And I think what's also related to that, though, is like acknowledging that sometimes bad things happen and sometimes you feel badly, but that there's always a counter to that. And it's all about kind of like balance. So it's like, not only is it like what could go right today, if you can't manage that, it's like, yeah, today's a bad day, but not every day is a bad day. I have had good days before and I will have good days again. Like, I think if you're in a low place, that's somewhere where catastrophizing is easy to happen as well. So like, I feel really low today. I'm going to just feel low forever. Do you know what I mean? That's it. Like, that's just going to be, you know, every day the cycle. And it's actually thinking to yourself, no, wait, that is irrational because I have had good days. Even if they were a long time ago, they can return. And it's kind of, you know, just almost trusting yourself and tricking yourself. Even if you don't believe it, it's like tricking yourself in that moment to say they will return so that you can feel better and kind of regulate those emotions and almost like calm down in a way. And I think it's it's also like acknowledging that I think also not only have I got better with this because, you know, obviously all the instances of you, I don't know, coming home safe, for example, but it's actually I've made more peace with what happened in the past that triggered this. Yeah. So it's not just like, oh, well, you know, practically the statistics of this happening, you know, are X. So that's fine. It's actually like emotionally I've come to terms with what was a really traumatic event in my life. Do you know what I mean? And so when that was really fresh, this happened a lot more. Now that I've actually done the work separate to the catastrophizing to try and come to terms with what happened, the catastrophizing has lessened. But that's because I've done that extra work. So I think it's also thinking about, is there something in the background that you might not even think at first is related, but is actually related if you dig a bit deeper, that you could, you know, when you're not even in that kind of catastrophizing headspace, you could work on helping to kind of, you know, heal from whatever that situation was. And I think that that usually you'll find that that actually has a positive impact on the kind of anxiety-inducing catastrophizing. Yeah, I think that's a really, really good point. You know, there's always something underneath, isn't there? Mm. You know, it, always. And, and it's normally as well, you know, that that emotion that's tied to it. 
um, as well that to that experience or to that thought. You know, it's not just a thought. A thought comes with an emotion and it's normally the emotion that's tied to it that keeps us stuck there. So, yeah, it's actually, if you can, it's like you say, acknowledging it and then doing that bit of work to, as you say, make peace with it. I'm not saying that you could um, make friends with it, but um, definitely make peace with it. So make peace with the situation maybe that's triggering. So you had a an extreme experience hole, you know, um, but, you know, it might be a, well, it depends how people perceive their experiences, but it might be a bit of a lesser experience that you find yourself more able to be at peace with. But I, I'm going to say this because it's relevant and it's probably going to be a, oh, I can't do that. And I really, really get it. But you've got to practice genuinely because it will so help you. You've got to practice being in the present moment because when we catastrophize, we catastrophize about what's happening in the future. You know, we we we, we never catastrophize about the present moment because we're in the present moment right here, right now. We're in it. I'm talking to you. We're in it. We're in it. I'm not thinking about anything else other than what we're speaking about. I'm not thinking about the future. I'm thinking I'm not thinking about the past. I'm thinking literally about being with you right here, right now. That will be such a tool to support you because we catastrophize when we head towards the future. And yes, the past informs that. So you're either in the past or you're in the future and you're never in the present. And it's in the present that can bring you the calm. It's in the present that can bring you the rational uh, focus because you're just here right now. Now, when you really, really practice that, and that can, if you can allow that to become a habit, because God, we are so good now at being in either the future or the past. You know, there is really no present for most people nowadays. Um, if you could really, really practice that, you would honestly find that if you can't come from the present, if you're really in that present moment, you can't catastrophize because you're here. It would really, really make a difference. One way to enable you, and I know I've said it in a previous episode, to stay into the present is to, like you said, hold, to calm, go into that breathing space. It it really helps you to become present, but it's crucial because we catastrophize over what could happen. And what could happen is always in the future. And I'm just going to reiterate, the future doesn't exist in our time space reality, it just doesn't. So, yeah, but sometimes it feels like it does. Of course it's <laughs> so more, I think, let's because we live in it, well. don't we? We live in it. You know, if we're not living in the past memories and those experiences, we're living in what's happening tomorrow. You know, we live a busy life. We live a fast life. We've got lots of responsibilities. Even if we're thinking, you know, we're thinking about work tomorrow, we're already in tomorrow. You know, if we look at our diaries, what's in our diaries, we're thinking about tomorrow. So it's, if you can, being in the present will really help with with allowing that catastrophizing to go. But I also want you to become aware of the ego and just say, because the ego will build it. It will build momentum on it. It will give you every single thought it can to make it bigger. So you have to renegotiate. You're never going to step away from the ego. It's always going to be there. So renegotiate. Like you said, Hull, no, sorry, I, I'm aware. I, I caught the thought. I've caught it. I'm going to think something differently instead, something that just feels a bit easier for me. Like, no, it's always worked out okay before, maybe. But you've got to catch it. Make friends with the ego. Don't allow it to control you and exacerbate that fear. Yeah, so I think we've spoken about awareness, um, 
talking to others and being open about it. Um, also doing the work on the kind of underlying stuff that might be leading to kind of getting into that um, state of mind. But I think the final thing I would also say on this um, is that it's actually really important to be taking care of yourself generally. Um, mine is so much worse when I haven't slept or late at night. Um, and so for me, for example, I know not to have emotional heavy discussions at night because it can lead me to catastrophize. Um, and so something that may seem like a small issue, I build up in my head, think about all the future potential, you know, ramifications or whatever. And it just spirals way out of kind of, it feels out of my control. So for me, it's like, if I'm having any serious conversations, one, I need to have had sleep and two, ideally it's in the day. Um, and I think that self-care is like a, it's almost become this overused word, but I think it genuinely is really important. Um, you know, for me, it's sleep, but also like exercise, like having outlets where, you know, we've spoken about this before, but the emotions can go somewhere physical instead of always being trapped kind of within your mind, if you know what I mean. So if I've been really physical, I've been doing my walking or whatever, and I've been doing bits and bobs of exercise, I definitely think I catastrophize less because I feel like I've almost got less pent up energy. Um, and because I've got less pent up energy, it's less likely to be used on something like catastrophizing. Um, so I think that's the kind of the final thing I would say on this for now is to to bear that in mind as well. And just, is there a correlation when you're going through this in quite a bad way? Is it when you're actually feeling generally quite low and you're not taking super care of yourself? And if it is, is there anything you can do to kind of shift that? Because I definitely think that would help as well. Yeah, I just want to say this just quickly. You saying about doing the exercise, letting go of pent up energy. Remember, catastrophizing is pent up energy. It's it's building, it's momentum building energy. So yeah, absolutely. If you can release that through exercise, that will genuinely, I promise, genuinely help. Awesome. So I hope that this has been helpful. You know, this is quite a vulnerable episode for me. So I really appreciate any feedback from anyone listening especially the lovely listener that um sent in this this subject um idea basically um and yeah i just hope that it's resonated um you know it, even if you don't even if you're not kind of guilty of doing this yourself um or maybe you've done it in the past but even if you know anyone that that does it's just it's a it, it is a tricky thing to overcome and to deal with and so i think just offering empathy and kindness um, definitely goes a long way and just being open and talking about it, I think helps as well. Um, so yeah, I, th anything else you want to add, mum? Um, no, other than again, thank you to the listener. Thank you whole for sharing your experience. Really, really appreciate that because whatever experiences we've had, if they can help others is it's always worth it, isn't it? So that's why I look at it. Yeah. And always yeah. proud of you. <laughs> thank you so we hope that you have a wonderful week um if you do want to give us a rating or a review on the podcast platform that you listen to us on that helps us out hugely helps us spread the word and reach new listeners so we would really appreciate you doing that um but as always until we see you next time we hope you have a wonderful week living a hell yes bye bye <laughs> <laughs>